Hey, what is up, dudes and dudettes? Drew from The Anxious Truth. Welcome to episode 90, 90 of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one topic with two sort of subtopics. The first one is the fear that people often have as they get further down the road to recovery. What if it comes back? What if this thing comes back? What you know, I'm feeling pretty good. What if it comes back? The fear that anxiety and panic will somehow return and take over again. Related to that is a common story of people who sort of wind up here at the podcast and in the Facebook discussion group. And their story is that they have had this before and they've dealt with panic and anxiety or even agoraphobia and that sort of stuff. And they, they thought they had it all set up and everything was sorted and they had a life and then it came back. So there's the what if it comes back or it has come back, what do I do now? And related to that is the, the idea of something that I call the acceptable zone or the acceptable bubble. And if you have followed me on the podcast or you're in the Facebook group and you've, you've heard me in different discussions, you've heard me use the term acceptable zone or acceptable bubble. We'll talk about what that is and how it relates to the idea that, you know, what if my anxiety and panic comes back or I thought I had this licked, licked and, it, and it has come back. So let's get into it. Recovery from an anxiety disorder, as we are well aware, if you've listened to me for any length of time, is is an active process that requires doing like hard things, difficult things, scary things on a repeated basis. It's a process of unlearning some faulty cognitive connections. And it, it's difficult. It, it There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. There's a lot of determination. There's consistency. There's tenacity. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into this. And often, what we find is that people, especially if you're starting from a really bad place where you're homebound, you're not able to work, maybe you're not able to really participate in the daily life of your family because of this, this, this problem. When people start to turn the corner and they learn these new tools and they start to use them and things start to get better, often what happens is that somebody who was completely homebound, for instance, will build some progress to the point where now they can get to the supermarket and do the shopping and go to the mall and take the kids to school and you know, these, these typical things, they can live a, a decent part of what a normal daily existence would be. And they're not really experiencing the panic or the fear, or the anxiety anymore. And they sort of call it done. Like this is good. But that's not how that works. That is an acceptable bubble. And I'll tie this all together. Like the acceptable bubble is great because most of the time you're able to live the life that you weren't able to live before. And it might even encompass 80 or 90% of your daily life because you just don't have to do more than the things that you've, you've got yourself able to do again. And it's great that you got there. I'm never going to minimize that. That is a tremendous accomplishment that a lot of people can only dream of right now. And if you're in the beginning of this and you are stuck in that really dark place, like you will get there. I promise that you can do it. But when you've got into the acceptable zone where you can pretty much function normally and you know reasonably comfortably in the things that are just your day-to-day -day sort of mundane life that we all have to do, and then you stop pushing beyond that, then you have built an acceptable zone. And essentially what you have done is taught yourself to acclimate to situations, tasks, and, and, and you know challenges that previously would cause you to go into a blind panic you have, through repetition, learned to acclimate to it, which is great, and they became part of your safe zone, but you still have a safe zone, and that's the acceptable bubble. So when people will express the concern, well, what if it starts to come back? What they're really saying is, well, I'm making really good progress here, it's awesome, but I still really have a safe zone. I have a safe bubble, or I have safe people that, that I still rely on. That's what they're really saying. 
And the object of the game here is to go well beyond the acceptable zone and to keep pushing to the point where you can really look yourself in the eye and look in the mirror and say, I don't have a safe person anymore or I don't have a safety zone anymore. I don't have a comfort zone anymore. The world is my comfort zone. Now, let's talk about you know practical things. It, it's not easy always to, to press the, the big giant things, those big challenges. Th those are sometimes hard to do because you don't have a reason to jump on a plane and fly to another country on a daily basis. I get that. But you really, as part of your recovery process, when you think you've got it, you really have to look in the mirror and say, do I really have it? Because remember, what you're shooting for here is not to be able to go to the supermarket or drive to work. What you're shooting for is to not be afraid of your own body or mind, not be afraid of anxiety or panic. And when you build an acceptable zone that's still sort of within a safety bubble, a comfort zone that might include safe places or safe people that have to be with you to do these things or near you or nearby, if you've still got escape hatches built in, you're still talking about comfort zones and you still have safe people, then you really haven't necessarily learned to not be afraid. You've just learned to do some things without going into a panic or even experiencing anxiety, but you're still afraid that it might come back because you didn't really learn to not be afraid of it. So the fear of what if it comes back, or if you're in a situation where you're saying, yeah, I've, I've had this before, I was agoraphobic and I figured it out, why is it back? Often it means that you did 60% of the work or 70% of the work or sometimes even 75 or 80% of the work. And I'm not, I'm not accusing you of being lazy or not wanting to do all the work in any way. I'm just merely pointing out that for the most part, True recovery from an anxiety disorder means that things like panic disorder or agoraphobia, monophobia, means that you have truly learned that anxiety and panic are not things that you need to be afraid of. That's, that is the true measure of recovery when you decide, when you really know in your heart, like if I have a panic attack right now, all by myself with no rescue in sight, I'd still be okay. When you know that and you no longer are afraid of that happening, then you have actually reached sort of the promised land if there is one. This is never about learning how to do things. It's about learning to not be afraid of the worst thing that you could think of happening, which is that, you know, experiencing like the worst panic attack you can think of and all the things that come along with along with that. So the fear that you're going to go back into it, like what if it comes back or what if I slide backwards? Or if you're one of those people that feel like you have already solved this problem once and, and now mysteriously you don't know why it's back, you have to really look and say, okay, that's cool. Did I really solve the problem or did I just learn to do things that I was previously unable to do? So if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I genuinely am no longer afraid to panic or to feel anxiety or to think the thoughts that came with it or to feel all the sensations and symptoms that came with it, if I do not fear any of those things anymore, if you can honestly say that you have reached that, then you are immune to it returning. Because remember, Job to the game, the object of the game here, and it's, it's sort of unrealistic. The object of the game is to not rid yourself of panic and anxiety for the rest of your life. That's not realistic. You know, part of being human is that you're going to be stressed. You might be afraid sometimes. There's going to be some anxiety. I mean, hell, you may have a panic attack or two now and then for the rest of your life. It's possible. But when you just don't care, then you are recovered. So that's the idea of what if it comes back or, oh my God, I can't believe that it came back. I thought I had this taken care of already. You really have to look at 
have I gotten all the way to the point where I've lost all my fear? So how do you get, or did I just build an acceptable bubble? Which in many cases, if you're still in the acceptable bubble, that's why you're afraid it's gonna come back. And if you built an acceptable bubble the first time or the first two times, then this is why it's come back again. Your bubble will collapse ultimately. If it's built on the tenuous idea that I can, well, I've learned to go to the supermarket, I've learned to do these 10 things, I'm, I'm really good within 30 miles of the house, but if I have to go beyond that, not so much. You know, if that's what you've built your access, acceptable bubble on or, or situational okayness, as long as your husband or wife or your friends are with you, whatever it is, you've built a, a bit of a tenuous recovery that does have the potential to collapse back down on you. But that's okay because it just means you have to shift gears a little bit and, and go the rest of the way and, and do the rest of the work. That's all that means. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, permanently broken. You'll never get better. This is beyond you. It, it will never work. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you have to make a course correction and, and either go further down the path you've already been going down, or you're going to have to go back and take a slightly different path to recovery than you took the first time. But if you're one of those people that feels that they had solved this problem in the past and you're, you don't know why it's now come back again with a vengeance as bad as it ever has, you're still not starting from square one. Like you did a lot of the base work that you needed to do anyway. So the first step toward unlearning the fear is to learn to go to the supermarket. Like as you're going to do that as just part of the process. And the good news is you've already done those things for the first time. So it's not all brand new to you. So whether you're on the your first path to recovery from an anxiety problem and you're worried that you, you won't get there, it'll come back. Or if this is your second or third go around and you're not sure why it keeps coming back, you know, either way, there's the, the outlook is still just as good as anybody else's. There's nothing wrong with you that's going to prevent you from getting all the way to where you want to be. So how do we inoculate ourselves against the fear of anxiety and panic? Because that's really where true recovery lies. And that's where you lose the fear of, of what if it comes back. And that's where you just smash the acceptable bubble. There's no more acceptable zone or, or settling, if you will. Essentially, you have to really say, you have to accept like, well, I learned to be afraid of my own body. And, and the situations where I would experience things in my body or thoughts in my head that just terrified me and I would retreat from. And you really have to look at that and say, okay, I, I've really come a far way here, but have I allowed myself to actually truly experience those sensations and those thoughts with non-resistance? Have I actually gone through the worst of what I always feared? Now, sometimes what you always fear just never actually happens. And I, I've seen people that that go through this. Like I can't make myself panic. I'm trying to panic and I can't. I know I have to and I can't. Okay, well there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you know, if you are truly willing to lay back and just let it come, then you know that that's a big deal. Um if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Sometimes it means you have to you know, push a little harder or, or a little further outside of outside of the zone you think is okay. Uh, and do things that really might scare you a whole lot. You don't have to, you know, hang off the, the, your fingernails at the edge of the Grand Canyon or anything like that. But, you know, you kind of have to push a little bit more to get to the point where you are going into true discomfort or at least know honestly in your heart that you are willing to go into true discomfort. That's okay. Um, but really and truly, if you have been doing all this work or you did the work in the past and it was all about like, hey, I'm doing great because I was able to go out there and I had no anxiety, that's great when that happens. But just be careful about, you know, kind of carefully stepping around the issue to get to the point where, hey, I was able to go to my son's concert or whatever it is, and, and, and I felt really anxious, but then it went away, so it was great. That's awesome when that happens, and that, that's part of what happens during recovery. 
But if you are still at the point where you're judging things as it was awesome because I didn't feel this thing that I fear, I managed to avoid it, it didn't come and get me, well, then you're in that situation where you might be building an acceptable zone. Now, I know that this is so open to interpretation. There's not necessarily a hard and fast rule that says you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. It just has to do with periodically going back, you know, sitting and evaluating your progress and saying, okay, what, what am I doing? What's going on here? Like, oh, I've accomplished this. I can do this now. I'm doing this. Like, my life is so much better. First, you take the time to evaluate your progress so you can pat yourself on the back and recognize all the good stuff that you've done. Then you got to really sit and look and say, well, okay, um, what what might I be missing right now? Am I, am I really, really like going directly into the fear? Am I really going to this discomfort? Or have I just kind of found a way to sort of sideways around it a little bit? And believe me, human beings, we are resourceful. We will find a way to sidestep things and sort of snake our way through the water so that we get to that like comfortable place. So I'm terrified to go to the mall. I'll just, I can find a way to sort of make the mall part of my comfort zone. And we have ways to do it. It's, we're very resourceful that way. We're excellent at avoiding discomfort. So periodically, I think the best thing that you could do as part of the recovery process, or if you're going back again, because you know this is your second or third go around and it's come back and you're not sure why, you really got to sit down and, and do an honest evaluation of like, well, what have I been doing? What have I accomplished that's really great that I could build on? And how can I push further than that? Even though sometimes it's things that you don't have to do. But if you've managed to get to the point, be honest with yourself. And I'm going to use driving as an example because it applies to so many people. Or we'll use driving or being home alone. Those are two things that are super, super common to people. If you are at the point where you're saying, well, you know, I used to be terrified. I couldn't be home alone at all. But now I can, you know, I can do a half hour. I could do an hour. That's nothing. But if the thought of being home alone for six hours or eight hours still makes you really afraid and anxious, then it's time to start doing that. And there will be a point with all of the fears and all of the tasks that you're doing where you don't have to keep going from an hour to two hours to six hours to 10 hours to 74 hours, at some point there's no difference. Once you can do the overnight by yourself and do it a few times, then whether it's overnight or a week doesn't matter. So there's a point of that, but you gotta really be honest and say, am I really at that point? So taking driving as a good example also, like if you've got to the point where it's like, hey, no problem, I'm living daily life, but oh man, like I haven't really driven 50 miles yet and I'm a little nervous about that, then it's time to get in the car and start doing that 50 mile drive. Like. That's just the way it's going to be. But sometimes it's okay when there's a little bit of apprehension about a thing that you haven't done often. Like, that's okay. You know, you may get to the point where you're truly not afraid to panic, but nobody still wants to. You don't want to. But you may have a little bit of apprehension over doing things, a little bit of anticipatory anxiety, but it, you, it's not going to stop you in any way. So if you've built that life where you can live your daily life without any issues whatsoever, and you know you got a trip out of town coming up, and it's making you a little bit nervous, but you're not even considering canceling. Like you just know, you're just a little nervous and agitated, maybe a little apprehensive about it. I think that's that's normal. But if you've got something outside of your usual daily, like normal bubble coming up, and it has got you in a freaked out, like really panicked mode to the point where you are terrified to do it, and you're starting to entertain those like ideas of, well, how can I get out of this? Or who can I get to come with me? Or how can I make it easier? Then you still have work to do. So it's all about, I think, every once in a while circling back to note your accomplishments and the progress that you've made and also really looking and comparing those things to the actual goal of have I done the work that I need to do to truly not ever be afraid of having a panic attack or feeling anxiety or being dizzy or having jelly legs, whatever it is. 
Am, have I truly gone all the way to the point where I am in no way worried about those things happening? Not because I'm guaranteed that they won't, but because I don't care if they do. So that's really probably the single one statement that sums up all of it. Recovery is not the guarantee that you will never panic again. The recovery is being okay even if you do. This is how we, we smash the acceptable bubble. Everybody builds what can be an acceptable bubble. Everybody does. As part of recovery, you know, regardless of what your particular anxiety issues are, you will build the point where like you can build, you can live most of your life reasonably comfortably. That's the automatic acceptable bubble that we all built. We, it's part of the process. Some people just continue to go through it and, and reach that goal where they're not seeking the, the guarantee of no panic ever again. Some people, for whatever reason, they get to the acceptable bubble and either they're really happy that they've got there and it's sort of enough for them and then they stop doing the work because the work is still hard, don't get me wrong, you know, or for whatever reason, they just sort of put the brakes on and they don't go all the way. Sometimes I think it's just a lack of understanding, to be honest with you. I don't believe that anybody, look, nobody wants to do hard and scary things, we know this, but, um, you know, we have to do them anyway in order to get better from this, this situation and solve the problem. But I, I think in a lot of ways, many times the building of the, like, the dangerous acceptable bubble or finding yourself in a situation where you are now in, you know, go around number two or three with anxiety or panic and you don't know why. Sometimes it's just a lack of awareness of what the actual goal was. Because remember, like, you know, be nice to yourself here. Do not judge yourself harshly if you find that, like, you're, if you're worried that it's going to come back, that doesn't make you wrong. Or if this is your second or third time around, it doesn't make you wrong or incapable or some way. So much of what we talk about in the podcast and so much of these techniques and tools and the path that we talk about is so counterintuitive to seeking comfort. Like you, it's, it's the opposite of what your natural tendency will be to, is to avoid discomfort, to avoid fear, to want to be safe, to want to be comfortable. We're going against the grain here. So it makes perfect sense that even though you might recognize that in order to get better, I must go toward my fear, like, I think everybody could buy that. The nuance that most people never or, or, or fail to get is that the part that lies behind that, the face value of it is go toward the things you fear and do the things you fear. That's the face value of it. But the real lesson behind it, the nuance is so that I can learn to never worry if I'm afraid again. Um, so it's so counterintuitive to the natural tendencies that we have and there's that nuance that says you're, you're not trying to eradicate panic. You're trying to not care if it ever happens again. So don't, you know, don't be harsh. If you find yourself gripped with like, will it ever come back? Well, just refocus on that goal. Like, oh yeah, I can, I don't have to be worried about that because if I take it to that level, if I go past just, you know, the face, the literal thing of do exposures and understand why I'm doing those exposures, we talk about exposures all the time. So if you go past just doing them and really understand the purpose for each exposure, what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish when you do it, um, that will take you past and you won't have to worry. You won't have to fear that. Like, oh no, what if it comes back? Because the question you'll ask yourself is what if I have a panic attack one day again out of the blue and the answer will be, okay, don't care. Uh, so that's what you're going for. And if you're back around for the second go around or the third go around with this, same situation. You just got to look back and say, all right, what did I do? I did some good stuff to get me out of the hole. I just maybe didn't go all the way through to the end goal. So that's really all this is. And that's why I wanted to talk about the acceptable bubble and why it's related to the fear of what if this comes back? 
And people have asked me often, do you worry that it will come back? And honestly, I can tell you truly from, from the bottom of my heart that the answer is no. I never spend even a second, and I didn't, even throughout my recovery, I did not ever spend a second worrying like, what if this doesn't last or what if it comes back? Because I was always keenly aware of what my actual goal was, and it made all the difference. So sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, adjusting and going back and, and, and redoing some of those steps again with the new goal in mind and making sure that you're working toward the actual goal and not just the surface goal of, oh, good, I can go and buy milk now. Um, that makes all the difference. So that's it. That's the way to do it. I think, um, you know, it's not a mystery. So if, if this is, I speak specifically for a second to the people who are coming back again for the second or third go around to try and beat this problem. It's not a mystery. Hopefully I've taken the mystery out of it. It's not because there's some, you know, amorphous, horrible, evil external force or disease that keeps coming to get you that you, you don't know when it's going to happen. There's actually no mystery as to why you're on the second, you know, the second go around. There's, there's none. Um, that's why. It's just you just never got to the point where you truly lost the fear of, of panic and anxiety. Um, all right, not, a, not too bad, 21 minutes, I can do it. I'm gonna wrap it up here. As always, comments and questions are welcome. First place to start is at my website, theanxioustruth.com. There you will find links to every episode, my Facebook page, my Facebook discussion group, which you should join, my Instagram, my Twitter, any way you wanna get in touch and have a conversation would be great. And I will ask what I've gotten the habit of asking now, getting better at it, I think. If you're listening on iTunes or whatever podcast, podcast network you like to use, Maybe leave me a thumbs up or a like or a four or five stars and write a little review. It definitely helps the podcast. It helps more people find it. So if it's helping you, help me to help more people than just you, I guess. So thanks for coming by. I uh, hope this has been helpful and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one. Somebody told me that you do or die, but I believe all you can do is try. And as the city stands 10 stories high, I'm gonna live my life It's all around you, you can breathe it in And this is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win Yeah, you're on your way It's in the afterglow It's in the lyrics of the songs we know It's in these feelings that you never show yeah, you're doing fine It's all around you, you can breathe it in And this is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win